Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, BBN? Welcome into another episode of Believe in Kentucky. We got a fun one coming up. We got a little crossover episode. You know we're playing Alabama Saturday, so we're going to get a little tie perspective from a couple guys that host a podcast together, the Tide Talk Podcast. Uh, there's also Best of the West SEC Podcast. These guys are all over the place. We're talking about Jake Thomas, Stacy Blackwood coming in here today. To talk some cats and tie with us. Appreciate y'all, fellas, man. How y'all doing? Man, we're doing great. We're glad to be here. Appreciate you having us. Yeah, thank, thanks for allowing us to be on tonight, Vinny. Yeah, we appreciate y'all taking the time and just, man, yeah. you know, we, we got to get to the game Saturday, of course, cats and, and, and Crimson Tide. Saturday at 8 as of now, but, you know, Lexington having some bad weather, some ice storms and stuff. So it's potentially could be moved to Sunday, depending on. When the cats can, you know, get out of town and head towards T town, so we'll still see how that plays out. But before we get to all that, I just gotta gotta ask y'all a, a few questions just about yourselves. Are are y'all born and raised in Alabama, or did y'all just go to Alabama and become fans, or how did? What's your connection to the state of Alabama? Uh, just born and raised. Uh, uh, our parents are huge. Bama supporters so it just kind of was kind of ingrained at us in us at a young age and uh we've just kind of grown in fandom as we've gotten older and it's just uh we're we're uh cousins so we've kind of yep. just grew up together watching watching uh Alabama you know all their sports and going to games as kids and it's just kind of been that been one of those things where we just kind of grew up together loving it and decided we should probably talk about it a little bit <laughs> that's all right man yeah, uh, we uh, – I mean, we live on the same street or the same road down here. We, we live on country roads. And, uh, and you know, we we hung out all – you know, all summer. I had a pool, so he would – Stacey would come over in the summer. We'd play shoot basketball. And uh, and then when the football season rolled around, uh, I was up, up at his house watching the game with him and his dad and, and his family or would have a big family get-together, especially on the Iron Bowl. And have a big. It's kind of like Thanksgiving slash Iron Bowl, you know. And and we just did did that. It was a lot of fun. But yep. both of our families have always been close. So me and Stacey's always been close. And uh, you know, he was like you said. He was like, you know, we may not ever get popular. We may not have a, just one person ever listen to us. <laughs> but just go out and just have fun and talk about Alabama, you know. And so. If you if you go back into our archives, our very first, you know, <laughs> little episode we did, we were scared to death, and I still can't really talk real well. But I mean, it, it was just atrocious. So you know, it, it, but it's been fun along the way. Like I think Stacy said, it's been four years now. Yeah, it's it's, it's it. good. We're clo closing in on four years, and yeah. you know, becoming independent podcasters. You know, it's everything is podcasters is, is kind of a labor of love and Vinny, you know, that is not a lot of money in it, but you're just doing it because you love it. And uh, mm -hmm. it's even better that you get to, that I get to share it with somebody that, that I care about, you know, that I grew up with. So that, that's really what makes it special for me that I get to share this with, with, with Jake, who's like a brother to me. So yes. that's kind of, that's kind of what it's all about for us. It's uh, just kind of keeping in touch and doing something we love together. Hey, that's good stuff. What part of Alabama y'all in or from or close to? North North Alabama. We're uh, 
we're we're about what about 30 minutes maybe less than 30 minutes from huntsville yeah and depending on on the traffic of course <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, we're in morgan county we're in between uh birmingham and, and huntsville so yeah uh, we're about 45 minutes from birmingham 30 from huntsville yeah and that's one of the cities i guess in alabama that i haven't been to i've never been to huntsville um uh, I got ties to Alabama on on both sides of the family. My my mom's side, my great granddad was from Alabama and moved to Kentucky to work in the coal mines. He was from he was from Perry County down in Marion, so uh, it was close to Selma and and Newtall and uh, I forget the other. But we go down there usually uh, every Thanksgiving. All the family would go down there to his house. Uh, out there in the country, just real laid back. And where I'm from, Kentucky is real small too, but just laid back. Everybody, you know, knew everybody. And on my dad's side, my my dad's dad, my grandfather, was from Leeds, right there beside yeah. of Birmingham. Yeah. And so uh, he moved to Kentucky like in, let's see, 1932. Moved up to work at U.S. Steel in the coal mines. And that's how, you know, which. At that time, everybody from a lot of people from the north and the south were kind of converging on that part of uh, the country in Kentucky because the coal mines were booming, and that's how both of my granddads ended up there uh, as youngsters, as as uh, as kids, and then raised their families there and stuff. So, got ties to Alabama on both sides of my family as well. That's pretty neat. That is neat. You talk about two hardworking men. I mean, those <laughs> yeah. were men right there working yeah. the coal mines. Yeah, I couldn't imagine both of them over 35 plus years. Uh, yeah, they were they were some dudes, man. (laughs) (laughs) Now, of course, everybody thinks about Alabama, of course, the football tradition has been there forever, you know, going back to Bear and, and all that. And basketball's had their moments. You know, you guys won the SEC tournament last year. You won the regular season last year. Had some great players come through. You know, Spreewell, Ori, you know, McDice. Uh, um, oh, man. My favorite, Gerald Wallace. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Caffey. I'm a little Ori, y'all. I go back to, you know, Bobby Lee Hurt and Derek McKee and, and all those guys. Y'all had some guys come through there as well. Everybody thinks basketball, more so for Kentucky, football for Alabama. Since Saban's been there and been on this insane run for you, like y'all younger than me, so a good chunk of y'all's life been at the top of the mountain, or every now and then you'll you know come up short in a national championship game, but you know, but you won more than you lost. But I just got to ask y'all, are y'all spoiled, or do you pinch yourself and say, well, we if we got to be realistic about it, it won't always be like this. Or where's, where's your reality at? Because this run is insane. And are you guys just flat out admit you're spoiled? Are you still trying not to be spoiled and try to keep it in perspective? How, how do y'all handle all that? Well, we have a thing on our show. Our, our grandmother, she doesn't say spoiled. She says rent. And that's, <laughs> that's what Alabama fans are. We're, we are completely rent. We're spoiled. Uh, we understand, Jake and myself do, that, that the run that Saban has created at Alabama is just – it's, it's probably never going to be duplicated again. Um, uh, we're fortunate to kind of grow up in the, you know, in our, our youth is, you know, we were teenagers when he got to Alabama mm-hmm. and we've been able to enjoy this run into our thirties. And um, it's just really incredible. And uh, we're fortunate and lucky. We know all that. I dread the day he retires. Um, I feel sorry for the man who takes his place. Even if he's a great coach, I feel sorry for him because it's not going to be good enough. But, yeah, just to get back to your point, we're spoiled. But uh, Jake and myself try our best to, to keep a, a level head about it. I mean, even even with all the great players that they have, I mean, like just take this last year, for instance. The, truth be told, with all the, the youth that was on the 2021 team and then you factor all the injuries they had to critical positions and critical players, it was really – just a testament to how great of a coach Nick Saban is that he had them back in the championship game competing with Georgia for a national championship. So yeah, we are spoiled, but, but we also realize that, that you can't win it every year. 
and you're not going to win it every year. And you, sometimes you got to, you just got to take, you know, going 13 and two instead of winning a national championship. I mean, you right. know, I mean, it's just crazy. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. And I mean, are y'all in the minority saying that? I mean, I'm just probably yeah. still ticked off that, you know, 13 and two and the expectations on the unrealistic side have to just be, because it's been so good for so long, and you know when you do slip up and go eleven and two or twelve and one, and aren't in the you know for, God forbid you go you're not in the championship game. You, you know that one year what you, you played was it Utah in a bowl game or something like that. And you, yeah. So you guys are probably the the rational, reasonable <laughs> minority, but because I say the expectations are just insane because it's been like this for so long. Yeah, there, you know, expectations in T-Town, I'm sure itself is way up here. Um, but, you know, like, like Stacy mentioned, this run, you know, once once Saban does retire, you know, it will never probably never be matched again. And we need to relish in it because, you know, that, that next coach, like they said, he could be great, but we may have some nine and three seasons. And, and I mean, that guy may be run off in two years. Man. So um, <laughs> what's funny is, is our good friend, uh, uh, Steven, you know, who, who has this y'all's conference network uh, put together. Um, he, um, he has said, it's not about the next hire in Alabama. It's the one after that, that's going to be key. So he might be right on that. I don't know. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just depends. Uh, how the future holds out once they retires. Yeah, in Kentucky, of course, you know, Adolph Rupp you know, won four national championships. And when he stepped aside, you know, Joby Hall steps in, who, who just passed away a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But he won a title in 78, and this was four or five, let's say, six years in his tenure. And the pressure was building because he's following, following Adolph Rupp. But he he maintained it because if he doesn't, you know, who knows where it is now. It was that fork in the road moment. You know, he went to three Final Fours, won a title. Say he tanks it. We're not talking about Rick Pitino and Tubby Smith and Cal winning titles where you've got, you know, eight championships won by five different coaches at this program. It may have been a totally different history written if he's not able to come in and still he, he received a lot of scrutiny, but he, he maintained <laughs> what Adolph Rupp had done. And had he not, it, you know, we might not be talking about Kentucky like we do as well. Right. Yeah. And you know, you talk about the, 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 to me, it's much harder to win a, a championship in college basketball than it is yes. in, in football, simply because of the way the tournament's structured and because of the, the way the game of basketball is played. I mean, I don't care how talented of a team you have in basketball. There's just some nights you show up and the ball's not going in the basket. And the other team can't miss if they're just, you know, slinging it, you know, from half court. So there's just – there's nights like that, and it's pretty often. So, to me, a coach winning four national championships is just – that's incredible. I mean, that to me, that's that's like Saban's six at Alabama. I mean, that's just – it's it's – I can't imagine a coach winning four titles in basketball. And I, you know, I know, I know about Rupp. I'm not sure how long he coached at Kentucky, but four titles, that's tough, man. I I don't know how, how he managed that. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was there for, it was 40 years. Uh, yeah. And he was there for, and it was, of course it was a different game then. And it was, right. he started in, got there in 1930. And, didn't win his first one until 1948. So, and then it was, you know, 48, 49, 51. Boom, boom, boom. Then won another one in 58. So, he ended up stacking four before he was there and before he was finished up with his time there, for sure. Um, oh, I was I was just going to say real quick, um, me and Stacy. I don't know if you've listened to some of our past shows, but we have been kind of against the, the, the playoff expansion in college football. And one of the reasons is, is because, you know, unlike basketball, you know, every March Madness, there is a Cinderella story. 
there's a team that gets on a run and goes to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight Final Four that shouldn't even be there. Heck, Butler, you know, several years ago made it to the, you know, to the title game. And they had a chance to win there at the very end against Duke. But talent-wise on the football field is different than basketball. And, you know, to us, there's only going to – your top four teams are still going to be the top four teams regardless of the expansion, you know. But in basketball, it's different. Like they said, the number one team can go – can can get on a court and not have anything fall that night and get run out of the – run out of the the arena, you know. It's different – in basketball than it is football. So, you know, that that's my two cents on it as well. <laughs> a little more random in, in basketball, it is. It is. There's, there's, it is. there's more randomness in basketball. And mm-hmm. uh, you have to have a lot – the ball bounce your way a lot to, to win a championship. So, it's uh, it's tough. And you got to have a team that's, that's you know, like the Kentucky th- team this year that's just – you can tell that they're hungry, they're mm-hmm. committed – they're disciplined and, you know, like any team, they have growing pains and it's, uh, and I know we're going to talk about basketball in a minute, but I don't think fans understand how long the basketball season is. I mean, the truth is to me, the basketball season is just now getting started. Like this yeah. is really when, when you really want to start seeing your team rise to the occasion, mm-hmm. that other stuff beforehand, it really don't matter a ton. I know if you have some bad losses, it may matter, but they only matter if you don't win some of these games, you know, here late in the season. So, yeah. uh, to me, the season's really starting right now, and you know, to you know, for us as fans of, of Kentucky and Alabama, no better way to get that this part of the season started than against each other. That's <laughs> Cameron Mills was a a guard for Kentucky on the on the '96 championship team and the '98 championship team, and he uh, he had a radio show there in Lexington for several years and he constantly just preached it because look fan expectation in Lexington for basketball is just like football expectations in Tuscaloosa but he yeah. every week on his show he just nothing matters till March yeah. nothing matters till March so we could go 0 in 28 win the SEC tournament getting that large bid into the big dance and still you know and still win the thing that nothing matters to March. If we get so bent out of shape because we drop a game to Ole Miss, yeah, we probably shouldn't have lost it, but nothing matters to March. That was his mantra. <laughs> nothing <laughs> matters till March. And so yeah. it really, really doesn't. And yeah. yeah, that's how I feel. I, I think I think fans, uh, and obviously fan is short for fanatical, so it makes sense that fans get all upset, but um uh, I try to keep it real, and and to me, once you reach around the halfway point of the SEC schedule, that's when you better start finding your way as a team, because you need to you need to finish the regular season on on a high note. Then you need to play well in the conference tournament, and if you just get in that in the big dance, that's all you want. There's yeah. your chance. Play well then, and who knows what can happen. That's it. We are definitely gonna talk basketball, but one more football thing, and. Just got to get y'all's thoughts because, look, Nick Saban is is the championships, the standard, the process. We've all heard him say it. You guys hear it even more than us. But even us in the rest of SEC country are kind of clued in on some of his phrases, you know, the rat poison. The whole thing. You know, Cal was talking about that Monday on his calling show, you know, after they beat Kansas by 20 in Lawrence, you know, don't don't start, you know, getting on that rat poison because you, you know, so, so the Sabanisms are, are spreading. Um, we know coaches have went to Alabama and kind of rehabilitated themselves, you know, Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, Bill O'Brien probably about to leave and get a job. You guys are more clued in all that. But you guys just came and, and, and made a hire for our offensive line coach, uh, who was just there, Eric Wolford, guy that came from South Carolina, replaced Jonas Larman, who passed away for Kentucky, uh, played at Kentucky from Kentucky, uh, and 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 had a debilitating form of cancer that he just succumbed to. Wolford comes in, is there for a year, and then, of course, uh, takes the job there at Alabama. Who did he replace, and what did you guys think about? the hire 
uh, bringing him in down there. Uh, well, he's replacing a guy who just had one year at Alabama and Doug Marone, who, if you know the name, he was the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars for a few years. Um, and I think one of the biggest reasons Nick Saban decided to move on from spent the majority of his career in the National Football League. And if you watched Alabama last year, you, you saw that the offensive line was a little bit of, of a weak spot for Alabama. And I think the big – it wasn't a ta- – it's not a talent issue. We all know that. I think it was a communication issue uh, between the coaches, between the players. And uh, I just think he didn't mesh well with the college athlete. And uh, I think Saban decided to move on. And, and as far as uh, Coach Walford, I, I think he's a great coach. I think you would agree with that, even though you're probably not happy that he left. But um, – <laughs> Uh, Kentucky had a great offensive line uh, this yeah. past season. They, they've they, honestly they've had a really good offensive line for the past several years. A lot of people don't realize that around the country, but uh, Stoops has done a fanta- fantastic job of building a staff around him and and developing players. He recruits well, but then he also develops. And uh, you know, I think Walford's a good hire for Alabama, um, and I, I'm certainly glad to to get. No, I don't want to just say get Marone out because he's obviously a good football coach. He didn't spend all that time in the NFL for no reason. He mm-hmm. just didn't – he didn't fit Alabama that well. And uh, I think Walford will fit that scheme and uh, in, that, in that coaching staff and with those players a little bit better than what Marone did. I'm, I'm like you guys. Try to be realistic. Uh, try, try not to, you know, root for him, bleed blue and all that, but still try to be objective about it. So – Alabama comes calling. Of course, Wolf is going to listen. Can't blame him for even going. You know, so I'm not even going to say I'm mad. Look, you guys, you just talked about how the strides Kentucky has made. There were years and years and years. Nobody was coming trying to you know, poach Kentucky's coaches. No. Right. So right. This is a good problem to have. Yes. Been, this is all just part of the – you guys are used to it. Eh, eh, you know, Saban's bringing this guy in. Oh, somebody's leaving. Got to replace an OC. Oh, got to replace a DC. It, it's pretty seamless. So we're still wrapping our heads around that kind of thing here. But, you know, you've seen some, you know, Michigan flirting with some coaches and, and things of that nature. Michigan State's made a run at Vince Merrill a time or two and stuff like that. Uh, John Summerall just took the job at Troy. Um, so – Alabama coming after Wolford, okay, you can't blame him. It's just like Malik Monk when Kentucky recruited him out of Arkansas and everybody in Arkansas was upset. It's Kentucky. So it's Alabama. You you know, Damian Harris was down to Alabama and Kentucky. From Kentucky, he went to Alabama and won a couple championships. It's Alabama. You can't, can't get upset about that. So I'm not upset that Wolford left. It's just just kind of the way you you could have he could have left a little <laughs> classier. Uh, yep. Didn't come back and say you know tell the team I'm leaving. Kind of called Stoops and said I'm taking the job. The kid he was recruiting uh, that we we're talking about off the air that committed to Florida. He was recruiting for Kentucky. Switched up, start recruiting for Alabama, which we know that stuff happens as well. But I tweeted out the other day, Wolford's salary. His job description, his job title, his office in Tuscaloosa, all that was still going to be the same, even if you just pop back and say, I'm leaving, it's been real, it's been a great year, wish y'all the best. None of the stuff in Tuscaloosa is going to change if you just <laughs> take a few minutes and just leave in a classy manner. So we're a little bit, got our feathers ruffled, not for the fact that he left for Alabama, it's Alabama football, can't blame him. But just the the way he kind of burned a bridge on the way out. That's all. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. you know there's there's the right way to handle things and the wrong way to handle things. And from all indications, he he handled that completely wrong. And uh, I hate that because uh, at the end of the day, those, those I mean, the truth is, there's still kids at Kentucky that that play football there that he coached and he recruited, and I think he owed it to them to be yes. a little more respectful and to set it and honestly set a better example for, for how you deal with situations like this. And um, it's really unfortunate. Uh, and, and, and the sad thing is it's kind of a, a sign of our times. It's, it's just kind of how we operate now in the modern age of college football. It's just uh, I'm here one minute and somewhere else the next and who care who and it don't matter who I heard on the way. <laughs> yeah. And he's coming in, he knew what he was coming into 
a situation where these guys just lost their previous offensive line coach who was recruiting a lot of them since the eighth grade was kind of like a second father to him. And now he just up and, and just dips out. So that's, that wasn't cool either. Um, like you said, it's unfortunately becoming way more normal than it should. Yeah. Has there been examples of that at Alabama where you, you know, people have left Alabama kind of high and dry or took another job or had you guys kind of ticked off at the way things went down like we are right now? Honestly, I can't remember one off the top of my head. Jake may be able to remember one, but but Saban is such a, uh, a micromanager of, of those things that uh, he doesn't he doesn't allow stuff like that to happen. I know I'm not saying Stoops allow that to happen. I'm saying that he Saban keeps everything so close that that he he almost avoids situations like this and. Um, I don't. I can't think of a situation where a coach just kind of left without telling a, telling the, the coaching staff he was leaving and telling the players that he was leaving either. Yeah. So yes, yeah, you know you hear, you know the coaches is you know a lot of the phrases we're familiar with. You know, leader of men, yeah. relationships, you know, character, all this kind of stuff, and a lot of them are. Trying there, nobody's perfect. A lot of them are trying to live up to that, but then you got some that just kind of say it, this lip service, and then actions say a totally different thing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, we definitely got to talk basketball, but before that, I got to talk about the newest sponsor to the podcast, NordVPN. What's more important than peace of mind? Absolutely nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. When we podcast, we're online a lot. With all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money back guarantee. NordVPN, that is NordVPN.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. So, look, get online without having to worry. NordVPN gets you covered. Got to talk a little basketball. Of course, that was – we could not talk football, but we got got a game here in a couple days. You know, Saturday in primetime, weather permitting. If not, it might be Sunday Kentucky's coming down to Tuscaloosa. First of all, for those who've never been to Coleman, oh, 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 see, easy now, easy now, Jake. <laughs> what's it? What's it like in Coleman Coliseum for for those that have never been there? What what kind of arena is that? Uh, well, it's it's we kind of we kind of jokingly call it like a hang glider because it's yeah it's 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 really big. I, it's not as big as Kentucky's. I know Kentucky's what's it hold over twenty thousand? <laughs> yeah, but, they, and they just downsized it from like twenty four to because they're putting some sweets in, so it's going to be like a little over twenty now. Yeah, well, this this is uh, over fifteen thousand, so it's it's a it's a pretty large arena too, uh, but. The, it, it can get loud. The student section is always packed, uh, especially since the arrival of Nate Oates and the success that he's had early on in his, his tenure there. But uh, it's a it's a pretty loud environment. Uh, and, and it was actually just announced today that uh, they're fixing to build a new arena uh, mm-hmm. on campus. So it's going to be it's, it's going to be smaller as far as capacity, but it is uh, next level state of the art uh, uh, arena. So uh because the the one coleman coliseum is it's all it's as old as dirt and uh yeah uh it's 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 either it was either time to renovate or build new and it's been approved now for them to build a i think 186 million dollar uh arena so it's uh it's going to be pretty legit 
Um, but uh, it, it's a great place. It's a great environment, especially when you play a team like Kentucky or like last Saturday when they hosted Baylor. Uh, that was an incredible environment. You Even not being at the game, just watching on TV, it was incredible. Uh, the, it was so loud. So it, it, it can be a great place to play. Uh, and it, they, they, like always, they, they take it up a notch when, when they play teams like Kentucky. So I expect Saturday night or whenever they play to be a, a pretty rowdy environment. Yes. So not, not trying to say the dirty word, but, you know, Auburn has that new arena that's smaller and mm-hmm. that atmosphere is insane. So that's kind of what this new yeah, arena is going to be like in, for the Tide. Huh? Yes. It's, it, well, the problem with Coleman is that the seating is so far away from the court that uh, you're not the it don't really have that much of an impact on the game because the seating is so far back in the new arena they're going to be right there like the Auburn fans are just right there it look like they're on the sidelines on the bench with the players it looks like mm-hmm. but uh, uh, so yeah they're kind of going for that look I think three quarters of the lower bowl in the new arena is going to be for the student section. So it's going to be a, a, a massive student section. Uh, and uh, you'll be able to see Saturday in the game. They'll show it. The student section in Alabama is massive. They have they have a great student section right now. They call it the Crimson Chaos, and uh, they are pretty chaotic. It's, it's a pretty rowdy place. Yeah, so this – what? And Kentucky's been on the road pretty much every weekend, so it's to be another <laughs> – Rowdy environment. Cal's been complaining <laughs> about that too because they were they were at Kansas last Saturday, at Auburn, at Auburn the Saturday before, before. yeah, so, uh, and then the Tuesday before the Auburn game they're at Texas A and M. So it's um, a, another, you know, Alabama will be the same thing, and and you guys are, are objective again. We'll throw shade on Auburn since nobody from Auburn is here. <laughs> you guys already said that. You know, they're going to go out of their way to take it up a notch when Kentucky comes in. Yeah. Just like everybody does. Yeah, I mean, Auburn, right. Auburn exactly. tried to say that they, we, we yeah. this is just another game. We're, we're number two in the country. We're camping out. Y'all were number two in the country when Georgia came in, and nobody camped out for that one. But y'all were camping right. out for Kentucky. Well, <laughs> well look, I, I, I'm going to throw some shade while, while we can on Auburn. They're, they're trying to claim they're a basketball school because of the dumpster fire of a football program they have right now. So, yeah, that's what's bringing all that on. <laughs> and, and I'll throw more shade on there. If Ty-Ty doesn't get injured for Kentucky, I think Kentucky legitimately wins that game. They were in control over the game. Yes. yes they were. And Wheeler went out, so your whole backcourt yeah. goes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the start, you look up, as soon as the game starts, it's 17-7, to 7, and that whole – arena is quiet yes it's not saying a word and i've i tweeted out the same thing because at lsu the same thing happened um uh, wheeler got a back pick set on him and, and got basically you know his neck was hurt and he was he was out tata cramps up they're up nine with i don't know seven eight minutes to go at lsu in control right chances mm-hmm. of them winning are looking pretty good and then you have a same thing, 2.0 version at Auburn. Yeah. And then everybody's healthy at Kansas, and you give them, like, one of the worst beatings mm-hmm. in Fog Allen Fieldhouse ever. So yeah. if they're healthy, you, you you know, they can play with anybody. Like their well, they, they ha- When they're healthy, they have everything that you need. About They have a great backcourt between Ty-Ty and Wheeler and, and – I can I cannot say your big's last name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I cannot say that. But that is the best rebounding college basketball player I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Insane, and he, you know, Cal hit the transfer portal, and according West, to West Virginia, Huggins, right? That's where he was yeah. at. Was West Virginia? And uh, yeah, and according to Bob Huggins, he didn't work hard, and he didn't really. <laughs> That's according we'd, to Bob Huggins, though. <laughs> you'd hate to see him if he worked hard. If he's doing Shoot. this, I mean, the man, yeah. he'd be getting 20 working. boards a game. <laughs> yeah. He had 28 the other day against Western Kentucky. That's nuts. Uh, it's getting to the point where we're all, we're all trying to make ourselves appreciate what he's doing because, you you know, he goes and has, you know, 18 and 13, and everybody's like, yeah, whatever. Because it's, it's you're getting to where they're taking it for granted. It's ho-hum because you just, you just know – punch in and ink, no put it in pencil 
put in ink, a double double, maybe twenty points, twenty rebounds. But if he's if he's fifteen and fifteen, it's like yeah, well, yeah. He's, he's got to that point where people are taking it for granted. <laughs> and I think I think that's where what the key to the game uh, between Alabama and Kentucky is, because I, I think when you look at at Ty Ty and, and Severe Wheeler. And then you look at what Alabama has with Jaden Shackelford and Javon Quinterly. You know, you could almost say that's a push between those those players. I think they're all four of those are great players, uh, but but Alabama doesn't have a post present. They don't yeah. have somebody that they can they can really rely on like Kentucky does down low, and they don't really have a, a dominant rebounder. Of course, nobody has a, a dominant rebounder like that guy, but they don't have anybody that can even get close to, to rebounding at that rate. So, uh, how Alabama game plans uh for him is is going to be critical to the outcome of the game because i think along the other parts of the, of the team it's it's almost a push as far as the caliber of players you're getting and, and what their skill set is yeah and alabama lives by the three dies yeah. by the three and dies by the three. well and, and the truth is that this season has not been a great shooting year for alabama mm-hmm. uh you know, last year, uh, Quinterly averaged – he shot 45% from three for the season. And I think he's uh, – I mean, I think he's in the 20s this year. And uh, he's playing a little better right now than, than what he had been being. But uh, uh, it's just been a, a down year for Alabama from the three-point line. Uh, Jaden Shackelford is really about the only guy who's, who's somebody that you can really rely on uh, from, from deep. Uh, it's just been real inconsistent shooting for Alabama. And that's really the, the name <laughs> – that's what – that's what the whole season has been for Alabama. And you look, they got wins against Gonzaga, Houston, and Baylor. But then you see their losses to, like, Missouri and Georgia, and you're just, like, scratching your head, like, who is this team? Yeah, you even, yeah. Let, Penny, even let Penny beat y'all. And, you know, I know. You yeah. can't beat anybody right now. I know. That's, I know. That, that's might be the worst one. Yeah. <laughs> so that might be worse than Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> And did y'all did you get a lot of flack? Because well, even during the game, the Georgia fans were chanting just like football when they won. <laughs> they won the <laughs> yeah. basketball game. So, well, I, I mean, were they talking about the SEC championship game or the or the or the uh, <laughs> the national championship game? Right. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's. Uh, I, I guess they got to have their fun while they can. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. I guess you got to take take the the bad with the good and. Album has had their fair share of being able to brag. I mean, last year, like you said, the, they they went undefeated in football and won the national championship. Then the basketball team went on to win the regular season SEC title and the SEC uh, tournament championship. So, uh, we're, we're due for a little, uh, I guess, bad luck, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> a little bit come back down to earth, I guess you can call it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, Stacy at this point in the season, because we're right at the halfway point of conference mm-hmm. play. Everybody's played nine games, so it's literally the halfway point. Mm-hmm. And they have kind of come back to earth. You know, last year they were flying high. This year, and this loss to Auburn, which is, you know, it's number one team in the country, but Alabama comes in at four and five yeah. in the conference right now, which is right. nobody really saw them being – middle of the pack in the SEC coming into the start of the season. So, uh, no doubt. And this is the first of two matchups. you got Kentucky again, you know, this Saturday and in two weeks, you know, come back to Lexington. Um, so, they could kind of kickstart maybe a turnaround. You get beat Kentucky and kind of hit the reset button on going into the second half of the season with a bang. Kentucky comes in, you know, off the worst season you go back a hundred years to find a season as bad as last year. Got swept by Alabama, so we, we want to get that bad taste out of our <laughs> mouth. Right. Uh, played tough down there last year. I think it was it was fifty eight to fifty. It was a rock fight yeah, of the game. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so you got a lot of different types of motivation coming into these next couple of matchups with Kentucky and Alabama. Yeah, and it almost feels like a must win for Alabama because, uh, like you said, the schedule doesn't get any easier. Uh, they're already behind the eight ball, you know, sitting with a losing record right now in, in conference play. So uh, they need to get the, the the back half of this SEC schedule off to to a good start. And, uh, you know, if you, you can beat Kentucky, you know, one of the best teams in the country, uh, that should give you a boost of confidence, you know, moving forward in SEC play. And uh, they, they need it. They, uh, they It's crazy. They, they play so well against these elite programs and then, 
they just kind of lay an egg, you know, against teams like Georgia and Missouri. And, you know, if they had those two wins, you know, you're looking at a team that's, you know, they're, they're six and three instead of four and five. And it's, you know, this game is, it's important, but it's not critical, you know, to the back half of the season. So uh, that's why you got to play every game like it's important. So I'm, uh, th this game is going to determine a lot, I, I think, in how this season ends for Alabama. Yeah. 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 Um, just, just to little, say a little thing real quick. Um, you know, last year, Alabama kind of jailed right as soon as the SEC, you know, kicked off. And, and, I mean, we ran the gauntlet, like you said, in the regular season. We ran the gauntlet in the SEC tournament. But this team this year has yet to gel together and, and like that team last year did. So, there's still time for them to get it together. But, I mean, time's getting short. It's, it's right. got to be now, like Stacey said. I mean, you got you got to get off and uh, you know. But the problem is, you got a tough opponent Saturday to to try to get to yeah. try to get there. So it's. it's I, I wish I wish this is where the Georgia matchup would have been instead of, uh, you know, starting that four game stretch where they played Baylor, Auburn, yeah. and Kentucky. I wish it would have ended with Georgia instead of with Kentucky. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yes, well, it's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be raucous. Everybody will be you know sold out. So it's you know another crazy environment. Uh, hopefully, Kentucky can come in and, and kind of get them quiet like they have <laughs> been on these other road games. And everybody stay healthy, and then we. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I always want everybody to stay healthy. I hate for any of these kids to get hurt, and um, I, I'll say this, Wheeler. Uh, I knew he was, you know, playing at Georgia. I was like, God, I would not want to try to guard that dude. Yeah. He's just so crafty, tie-tie yeah. special. Uh, and, and Keon Brooks is, is kind of an underrated player, I think, uh, in the SEC as well. Uh, I, I think he's somebody that doesn't get a lot of recognition, but he's a really good player. He played really well against uh, Kansas last Saturday too and kind of showed what kind of potential he has. So uh, it should be a fun game. Uh I want to kind of ask you, Vinny, what, what do you think the key to the game is for, for Kentucky to win? Obviously they're, they're, the, they're going to be the favorite. They're the better team. Uh, but, but what do you think the key for Kentucky is in this matchup? Probably just guarding the three. Um, Cause that's, you know, there's so many games where teams will shoot out their minds against Kentucky. Some teams <laughs> come in the rup and there'll be some dude you don't know. And he's, you know, he's got 25, like, man, you know, so that's, you know, don't let Alabama string together, you know, a bunch of where it's, it's contagious. You know, Quinley's hot and then Davidson's over there doing his thing. And then before you know it, it just kind of snowballs, you know, kind of <laughs> um, hit, you know, punch first like they have been, like they did at Auburn, like they did at Kansas, like they did at LSU, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the fact that, you know, Keon was there. Keon got swept last year by this Alabama team. Yeah. Um, he, he's his experience and, and he's kind of been unfairly, you know, the recipient of criticism from Kentucky fans. You know, he, he ain't doing what we thought he would, or maybe he's not as athletic or explosive as everybody thought he would be coming in. And he's just kind of, you know, he'd only had nine career starts coming into this, this season. Your five star kid, but he's everybody. It doesn't click at the same rate for everybody, you right? Know? Yeah. Um, and we've we've talked about it on other podcasts uh, that I host prior to the one and done, prior to you know your Anthony Davises and all those freshmen weren't expected to just come in and, and light it up. I mean, you know, right. Kenny Walker and Jamal Mashburn and and you know the talented players that have come through. You've had Tony Delk, who I hosted this podcast with. His freshman year, he didn't even play a lot. At the end right. of his freshman year, he was considering transferring. So, and then he comes, you know, most outstanding player. His name's his jersey's in the rafters now. Mm -hmm. So, Keon now, you know, he has his 27-point game at Kansas. Had 20 last night against Vanderbilt. And you know, Vanderbilt, that's – they're so scrappy. But it's always closer than it should be with them. He hit a lot I hate of playing Vanderbilt. Yes. Yeah. I hate yeah. playing those guys. <laughs> he hit a lot of shots to keep them at bay, to keep the, you know, kind of keep them at arm's length. 
but they're scrappy and, and Stackhouse is always getting mad and, and just, <laughs> you know, and you're talking about the, how players develop at different rates, you know, to your point, not every freshman is a DeMarcus Cousins or a John Wall. Mm -hmm. And I try to tell Alabama fans, not every freshman is a Tua Tungavaloa and a Devontae Smith. I mean, yes. it's just yeah. players grow and develop at different rates. And it's unfair to those kids to think that, oh, well, he was a five-star. He were to come in and be a star right away. That That's not how it works, man. I mean, that's just not the case. Yeah. And, I mean, like you just said, Stacey, and these are still kids. Yeah, you know, I mean, we forget these guys forget. are like 18 years old, yes. right? <laughs> I mean, I know I mean, the expectations coming in on these guys are, are sky high, but I mean, I mean, you're you're still an 18 year old kid coming into Alabama, coming into Kentucky. I mean, right. that's just a fact of the matter. Yeah, you're a, a six six, three hundred twenty pound offensive lineman, or you know, a six ten, two hundred forty pound center for Kentucky. You're still 18, just like everybody else, even though yeah, you're right. I mean, and for you all we know, grown, but you're you're not. Yeah. Well, and the truth is, uh, think how many of them kids have, have grown six or eight inches in the last, you know, eight months, and they're still learning how to even walk around in that big of a body. Right. I mean, much less play a basketball game in it. That's I mean, right. like, it's just it's it's unfair to these kids. They get a lot of pressure put on them. And, you know, in this modern age of social media and, you know, everybody's got access to their highlight tapes and they're like, oh, well, that guy's going to be a star. Yeah. And it's just it's not fair to these kids. And like you said, it takes, you know, some kids, they come in right away and they're they're elite. But not all kids are that way. It's those those are the special ones. And not like I said, not every not every five stars are DeMarcus Cousin or John Wall. Man. I mean, it's unfair to think that they're going to be like that. Mm -hmm. yeah, they're still, you know, we've all seen the big German Shepherd puppy that's trying to grow into its body, and the, yeah. the feet are so big, and it's just bumping exactly. and everything. And <laughs> yes, coordinated. That's it. Yeah. So, fam, fellas, we, you know, we both gonna be on different sides of the fence on who we think's gonna win, of course. So yeah. uh, we won't even, <laughs> we won't even have to go there, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. about for Kentucky. So what's what's coming up next down the pipe for the the Tide Talk podcast? Where you guys gonna have in the works and tell everybody how they can find all of your stuff too? Yeah, well, uh, right now it's obviously in the middle of basketball season, but but baseball is starting up soon. Softball starting up soon for Alabama and uh, their preseason number two in the country. They're the favorite to win the SEC for the third straight year there in the softball team. So we're excited to be talking about that. Uh, of course, we'll be diving into some spring football because spring practice starts in, you know, less than two months now. So uh, we're excited about that. Uh, there's a lot of content happening over at the Tide Talk podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Tide Talk Pod, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. We're all over the place. Uh, if you just search the Tide Talk podcast, you can find us. Uh, my personal account is at Blackwood89, and I think Jake is at uh, Jake Thomas. TTS is that what you are, Jake, on that Twitter? So, yep. uh, yeah, you just just look for us there. Uh, it's pretty much constant content from us. We try to get a video up every day on YouTube, whether it's just you know a three minute chat about what happened the day before, you know, whether it's a coaching change or a roster change or uh, somebody's injured or just anything that's happening around Alabama athletics. We try to get a quick video up every day just to kind of keep everybody caught up. So, just search for the Tide Talk podcast and, and you can find us that way. Tag Talk Podcast on YouTube also. Yes, sir. Correct. Yes, sir. Good stuff. And one last thing, too, I got to tell you all about La Terrain watches. Look, sometimes you just don't want to look at your phone. You might actually want to look at a timepiece to see what time it is. doesn't matter if you're going casual or going formal. La Terrain has got you covered. Uh, they got bands, accessories, different styles. You can get the Atlas. You can get the Nautica. And watches for men, watches for women. They got accessories for all of it. Had Dave, the owner, on here a few weeks ago talking about it. And if you go to the site and actually hit the chat, it's actually the owner that answers your questions. So you you know what you're getting. The, the knowledge is going to be coming back to you. It's going to be accurate. So go to La Terrain. They've had a lot of uh, athletes, like former UK players, endorse them. Like uh, Vernon Maxwell, former Florida Gator, Houston Rocket. Yeah endorses lots of rain so a lot of a lot of cool guys are endorsing these products la-t-o-u-r-a-i-n-e.com lots of rain watches definitely want to get you a nice timepiece on your wrist 
Fellas, man, this has been so much fun. Should have had you on here a lot sooner. But mm-hmm. You guys are doing great stuff. Been passing each other on Twitter and send each other on other different podcasts. It was oh, fun yeah. cool to get on here and connect and, and join up with y'all, man. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. We really appreciate you having us on, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, I can't wait to do it again. Hopefully, we can get you back on, on our show sometime to, to kind of get it from the other perspective. So, uh, like I said, I really appreciate you having us on. Yeah, we can do that. Just just holler at me, let me know, and we'll do a little home and home. We can definitely. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But y'all be, y'all be sure to go to Believe.com. You can get this episode as well as the past episodes of Believe in Kentucky. Go to a seaofblue.com as well. Jason, Mark, and all the fellas always put up every episode of this podcast on their website, and we definitely appreciate it. Wherever you get your podcast, as always, review, subscribe, rate, leave a comment, do all that good stuff. Hit five stars up on our podcast and a Tide Talk podcast. Go ahead and give it five stars and leave a comment. And for Stacy and Jake, this is Vinny Hardy. Another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Take care, BBN. Go Cats. We'll see everybody next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.